Art of history, history, dropping like an apple to the ground. Thank Newton for gravity, Hamilton for the banks. Proud of his legacy, running around weekly, starring on Broadway. Washington for his country, the father of his country, near election day, running away. From 1789 to 2020, running round, running round, intro to outro, the art of history, bam! Okay, so that was our theme song, but you probably know that by then, unless it's your first time listening. So, so now, as you know, this is, drum roll please. Stop. Uh, it's Alexander Hamilton, part two. So, I know we didn't get to the part I promised you, and I'm sorry about that. It just it took a lot more time, but let's get to that story. So, when we, we left off, uh, I, um, well, Alexander Hamilton was going to New York City. But before we do that, there's something I'd like to do. So, imagine it's July 11th, 1804. Your name is Nathaniel Pendleton, and you're at a position you don't want to be in. You never did. Your friend was in a duel with another guy's friend. So, and it ends up, we don't know who wins that thing. And you're probably gonna figure it out we don't know if this episode but let's get to it okay so alexander arrived in new york city in washington so when in 1773 whoa that's a long time ago almost 300 years not almost okay so edward stevens was uh, had what been was waiting for him over there. So, Alexander made friends with a lot of people in New York City. Well, I'll name two of them. One was a tailor's apprentice named Hercules Mulligan. And the other was a South Carolinian anti-slavery man named John Lawrence. So... Hugh Knox had written to friends he knew he known in New York. So Alexander met a lot of people, even more than he met himself through Hugh Knox. Um, not entirely a proper way to live around here. Maybe where you're listening to, listening to it, that's how you do it, but not around here in Pennsylvania. Okay, so so he so. Uh, so, Alexander enrolled in the Elizabethtown Academy in New Jersey, where he studied Latin, Greek, and advanced math. After six months, he was ready to apply to college. Woo-hoo! So, he, so, he tried to enroll in Princeton University. The, the College of New Jersey 
that's what it was called back then, what was Alexander's first choice, but he thought he was old. Uh, he thought he was behind in his education because another young man, Aaron Burr, later a man who was not liked at all. I'm not gonna tell you why, but you're not, but at, but by the end of the Alexander Hamilton parts, you're probably not gonna like him either, unless you don't like Hamilton. So, Aaron Burr had graduated from Princeton at 16, only two years. Well, I don't know about that, but definitely at 16. He asked the president of the college if he could complete his studies in two years. He wanted to graduate as quickly as he could. The president refused. So Alexander enrolled a new school, now called Columbia University, one of the best cities in one of the in one the busiest city in the USA. Hey, uh, hey, now, hey. The college I myself am enroll in Columbia University. Okay, so that was a fake echo. So, at King's College, everyone was talking about revolution. So, 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 so. So, New York at that time was one of the 13 colonies, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, the list goes on and on. I'm not going to tell you them all. It was under control of the British king, George III, the tyrant king. At least that's what the colonists called him. Okay, so, you all... Okay, so... And so, as I was saying, many colonists were angry that the king taxed them without giving them a voice in Parliament, the British version of Congress. Because unlike other superpowers, Britain was ruled by both Parliament and King George, but hey, I don't care. So, the president of King's College, Dr. Miles Cooper, was a Tory. The Tory party thought the American colonies should be loyal to Britain. <laughs> Sorry. The, uh, but Alexander believed in American independence from Britain. And just outside the college grounds, on Lower Broadway in Manhattan... There's an area, uh, an area called the fields. Anyone was, anyone was welcome to make public speeches there. So, oh, Alexander had to listen to many speakers at the fields. So one day he decided to speak himself. He started out shyly. He never spoken in public before. Soon he was making a powerful argument against England's control against them and the 
taxes and the more taxes and the all the blah blah taxes. It's a lot of taxes. When he finished, the crowd was shocked at first. Alexander was only 19, but my mind is old. Yet he spoke like a like a much older man. He's in college. People whispered to each other. From that day on, New Yorkers recognized Alexander as a voice in favor of revolution. Okay, so he also started writing articles arguing for independence in the local newspapers. That's a lot of independence. So one of the things Alexander spoke about that day in the fields was the Boston Tea Party. Students at King's College knew any day war might break out between England and the colonies. So they formed student groups and practiced military, military drills like soldiers. Alexander and his friends formed their own group called the Hearts of Oak. The Alexander started studying military strategy in case he ever found himself on a real battlefield. He did. Typical Alexander Hamilton. He's stubborn. And one night, a mob formed on the streets of New York. They wanted to attack Miles Cooper because he supported the British. Although Alexander was in favor of independence, he was horrified at the idea of attacking somebody because of their different political views. Alexander vowed to protect him. So, the oh, the Boston Tea Party was on December was on December sixteenth, seventeen seventy three. Same year Alexander came over. But you can learn more in our future Boston Tea Party episode. So Alexander stood up to the crowd, telling them that violence would only hurt their cause. He didn't stop the crowd, but he delayed them long enough to for Mile, Dr. Miles Cooper to escape in his nightgown. So you might be thinking... So you might have some questions about the Hearts of Oak. They were King's College students who practiced military drills in the cemetery of King George's Chapel near the school before classes and called themselves the Hearts of Oak. They wore uniforms they had designed themselves, short green jackets and hats with a knot of ribbons on the side. They wore round leather caps with the slogan, Liberty or death, and tin red hearts that read, read, God or and our right. In 1775, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it till later. So in April 1775, the first real battle, the Battle of Lexington, Massachusetts, and conquered. Just so you know. Ugh. Between British troops and Minutemen. In June of that year, George Washington named Commander in Chief and General of the Continental Army. The 
the colonists, the troops. He marched through New York City, NYC, when on his way to Massachusetts. Alexander was in the crowd, cheering him on. Yeah. Yeah. In August of that year, a British warship arrived in New York Harbor. Sorry about that. <laughs> I and just make and just making quotes from Hamilton because a lot of the things they say are in this are in this episode. Everybody feared that the British would try to steal the two dozen cannons kept in New York. Wow, that's twenty four cannons. Yeah. Imagine how much. Imagine how much destruction that would do. If a that, that could probably wreck, um, I don't know, but probably a lot of damage. That's what you should know. So Alexander and fifteen other members of the Hearts of Oak volunteered in, to attempt to hide the cannons. They saved ten big guns before the warship fired on them, frightening thousands of New Yorkers and sending them screaming into the streets. After that success, it was not surprising when six short months later, Alexander Hamilton was named a captain of artillery. You can read about artillery. So, you can tell. So, just look it up on Google. So, oh, in New York's first official, official regiment, you can read about regiments. Alexander's dreams, Alexander's dreams of one day becoming a war hero was on their way to coming true. So, all of Alexander's studying about battle strategy and military exercises paid off when he became a captain in the army. People had already heard of his bravery in New York, and many military leaders wanted to work with him. The most important of these was none other than George Washington himself. But some other important leaders who wanted to work with him were Henry Knox and Nathaniel Green. And... I don't know about those people. It's just what they say in Hamilton. I'm just assuming about Hamilton. So, oh, in our future episode of George Washington, you can hear about him. So, Washington and Alexander fought together at the Battle of White Plain. <laughs> In October 1776, two months later, on December 25th, Christmas Day! He joined Washington in a surprise attack. Attack in Trent. Uh, when they crossed the Delaware River and then raced to Trenton and attacked a group of Hessians, German soldiers fighting for the British. <laughs> Washington and his men were in Pennsylvania. Late at night, they crossed the Delaware River, as I said. There's actually a famous painting of that. I don't remember. I don't know the name. But you can look it up. There's probably a lot. The river was dangerous and at that time of year. Icy and rough. Wow. That's one river I would like to cross. 
don't wonder how the fish were getting along. I don't know. We probably don't know, but probably not good. As far as I know, we probably, they probably weren't going very well at all. So, but it all paid off when Washington troops defeated the Hessians and captured about 1,000 Hessians when they returned to Pennsylvania with all their supplies and a lot of captured Hessians. Alexander had been sick when Washington was planning the attack, but he got out of bed and led an eight-mile march through the snow to join his commander. Wow, that's impressive. All I'd want to do when I was sick was stay in bed and eat ice cream. Okay, so Alexander had always wanted to be out on the field fighting. He didn't like to sit on the sidelines. Of course, you're Alexander Hamilton. You never like to sit on the sidelines. You like to sit on the sidelines when um, Davy Crockett sits on the sidelines. He wasn't actually alive then. I'm just using that as a comparison. So, at this time, he commanded a regiment of 68 men. Not entirely a lot, but hey, it's a lot. Alexander was a very popular leader. Okay, so he expected hard work from the men in his regiment, but he was known for the respect he showed every one of them. It was no surprise when a few weeks later, Washington asked Alexander to be his assistant. Yes, I will. General Washington gave him a promotion to lieutenant colonel. Alexander was only 22 years old. That's pretty young. Another young man made quite an impression on Washington was a was a nineteen-year-old Frenchman called the Marquis de Lafayette. You get it? So, so he became good friends. If you watch Hamilton, you may think Lafayette spoke English as well as French. But that is not true. Since Alexander could speak French, he could translate Lafayette's words to Washington. See? So, like, when he, he goes, you can end this war in New York town. Cut them off and see. When he says that in French, he's like, uh, can somebody tell what he just said to me? So, you get the humor. So, on June 28th, 1776, all in Freehold, New Jersey, he... Alexander Lafayette and General Washington. Okay, get the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, they fought together at the Battle of Monmouth. It was a fierce battle. As Alexander rode into the fight, his sword was shot out right from under him. But that actually doesn't mean like someone stopped the horse and it went whoop. And Alexander was like. So, oh, and he had to to be carried off into the field. Not an ideal place. Men can still get shot out from under you. But as the sun set, the British retreated, and Alexander was reunited with his friends. So, Lafayette's real name was Marie-Joseph-Paul-Yves-Rock-Gilbert-Dumontier. That's probably not even how you pronounce it. It probably is, but I don't know. What, he was a wealthy family in France. He was a 
military officer at only 13. Wow, if you're Cooper Biltzland watching, that would be like you coming over and saying, hey, I joined the army and I'm an officer now. And a lot of people would be like, uh, what? So, you get the idea. Oh, he thought the American Revolution was a noble cause. <laughs> and he fought heroically in the American colonies. He also raised money in France to help it. When France had its own revolution in 1789, he became the commander-in-chief of the French National Guard. Then the country turned against its National Guard. Ah! Yeah! Then the... Uh, to avoid arrest, Lafayette fled to Austria, where he was captured and thrown to prison for five years. So, Lafayette died in 1834, and he was buried in Paris under soil from Bunker Hill, Massachusetts, also called Breed's Hill, Massachusetts. You get the idea. The site of one of the most famous battles in the American Revolution. Oh, oh we're getting into a good part. You might like this. In the winter of 1780, a winter's ball. Alexander was in Morristown, New Jersey, with a continental army. That's where he met Elizabeth Eliza Schuyler. You may see where this is going now. You probably see where this is going right now. Eliza's father, Philip, was a general who lived in Albany, New York. He was very well known and wealthy. Philip Schuyler had three sons and four daughters at this time. Eliza had come to Morristown to visit her aunt, but soon he beca she became very interested in Alexander. You know where this is going, right? You can probably tell where this is going. I think you know where this is going, people. Yeah, I th we think you know, but you probably will. So, <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good part. He knew right away that he wanted her to be his wife. I love you! Okay. Hey, so, in November, Alexander went to Albany to marry Eliza. He invited his father and brother to the wedding, but James and their father were still living in the West Indies on two different islands. Well, that would be hard. That would be like... First, you have to sail all the way, meet up, then sail back to New York City, and then take a carriage ride all the way to wait to the edge of the city, then take another boat, and then and then take another long carriage ride. So, now neither Alexander's father nor his brother could attend the wedding. He was warmly welcomed into the Schuyler family. Philip was proud of his new son-in-law, and Eliza's siblings loved him too. For the first time since his mother's death, Alexander had a real family. So, being the assistant to George Washington was an important and exhausting job. Think of it. You go, you are writing all day, then you're like, hi Washington, what do you want me to do? And you're writing all day. They're like, hi, Washington, what do you want me to do? Write. You, you write all day? Oh, so poop, I'm getting bored of this writing. Please. I need to sweat off. <laughs> okay, so. So, but Alexander was frustrated because 
as Washington was so protective of him. He wanted Alexander away from the battlefield where he might get hurt. But Alexander dreams of being a war hero, not a paper hero. Hero. That is weird. <laughs> That's how you get Yeah, very weird. Okay, so. So, finally he became so impatient that he actually quit his job as Washington's assistant. Wow. Wow. That's very, um, you know what? Not kind. Well, it kind of is. He and Eliza moved to the to a house on the east bank of the Hudson River, named after Henry Hudson. Yeah, but now he's dead, so you can't meet him. Will you stop? Just opposite from Washington's headquarters, Alexander co- continued to pester Washington instead of, "Hey, can you take me into battle?" No. Can you take me into battle? No. Can you take me into battle? No. Will you take me into freaking battle? <laughs> no. It's seriously. The next time you ask me, it's going to be a no. Can you send me into battle? No. Can you send me into Yorktown? <laughs> no. Well, I guess you can. Go. Just go fight. Hey, so. No. Now, General Washington gave command of a small unit of men. Alexander was ready to fight. Pew! <laughs> Eliza returned to Albany. She was expecting. And Alexander couldn't stop thinking about her future. What would happen if the country finally won independence? He had many ideas. At that time, the 13 colonies worked independently of one another. The war is really the only thing that really united them all. The American government in 1781 was organized under what was called the Articles of Confederation. That was the only thing that legally tied them together. Okay. Okay, so sorry about that. Um, okay, so... Speak! Okay, so Alexander thought if America was going to be an independent nation, it would need a strong central government. That way the states could all work together. He thought a government should have a bank of its own that could lend and borrow money from the new country. He started the banking. Bank. Bank. Ah! Banking. Banking. Whatever it is. Banking systems of other countries like Great Britain and New system. York and all that other stuff. New York is in the country he's fighting for. Oh. Okay. Okay. But I don't care. It just makes the story better. Ohio? Christopher Columbus? Christopher Columbus had already been dead for a few hundred years and Ohio wasn't even a state back then. Oh. And it wasn't even part of the colonies. Oh my gosh. Well,. I guess I'm going to say California. No, that wasn't even a state either. Okay, so, sorry about that. So, so, now I have some questions. What are the articles of confederation? Well, they're the only thing that really tied them together, so. In October 1781, 
Yeah, 1781. Will you? Alexander was sent to Yorktown, Virginia. The Battle of Yorktown. The Battle of Yorktown. Yeah! 1781. Okay, so. Then he and Lafayette met up with General Washington. We love Washington. George Washington, George. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so on the night of October 14th, Alexander led his men on a charge against the British troops. The shooting his guns the, going. Okay, okay, they get it. So, oh. Okay, after a long time of fighting. It was a week, okay? Okay, something like a week. Is that they okay? Say, they say in the movie Hamilton, they say, after a week of fighting. Okay, that's a musical, not a movie. I don't care, but I don't care what you say. <laughs> and the Continental Army won, not just won that battle. They won independence. Yay! Yay! Everyone loves you! Meanwhile, back in France. Hello! 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 Yes! Yay! Yay! They, they won in French with a French accent. Yes! And yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Okay, so they won the so, war. Uh, since, what, since Cornwallis claimed to be sick, his second-in-command uh, went to the surrender ceremony. Yeah. So his second but since he but since um it wasn't Cornwallis all at the at the ceremony Washington wouldn't accept the traditional sword. That's how it is back then. So even though the war war went on for two more years. The battle at Yorktown is usually set in at the end of, as the turning point, the beginning of the end for the British rule in America. Alexander was a hero. He was also something else. What? A father. Ooh, so yay! That's where, that's where I can't wait gonna, till I'm a father. So that's where we might stop for three seconds. Ha! I think I got you there. I definitely got you. Okay, so, on January 20th, I mean 22nd, 1782, Eliza had a son named Philip Hamilton. Alexander couldn't wait to be home with him. The family all lived in the Schuyler Mansion with Albany, in Albany with Eliza's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Schuyler. Alexander then devoted himself to studying law and soon earned a license to be a lawyer in New York City. Often he worked with Aaron Burr, the guy I said you probably wouldn't like yeah. at the end of the era. At the way back in the beginning, remember you said that, so just remember that if you remember didn't. that accidentally got cut out by some reason. But by the end of the Hamilton parts, Probably not gonna like him either. Yeah. So the so Eliza 
so Alex, I mean Alexander, was surprised how many people were sometimes working for Tories. Remember the Tory part? So, so, them, they hadn't wanted the American colonies to become independent. Many people felt that Tories had no right to expect an American lawyer to defend them, an American president to defend them, an American governor to defend them. Well, you get the idea. That. But Alexander thought everyone deserved equal rights. Rights in the courts, no matter what they believed. They often he also often defended poor people who couldn't afford to pay him. He knew what it was like to be poor and not able to defend himself. He wanted it better for other people. So, so Alexander soon met. Uh. N- new friend who agreed of his ideas for a strong central government, James Madison, who was the fourth president of the United States, and the swordist. And the you sordest. can look that up. So, just kids, whoever you. Sash. Okay, so each man supported each other's ideas. So the El- Alexander, Eliza, and Philip moved to New York City in 1783. Alexander was very interested in the finances of his home state of New York. America was a young country with hardly any banks. The Bank of North America was established in Philadelphia in 1781. Alexander wanted to set up the same type of bank in New York that would lend notes, paper money, as well as gold and silver. Alexander's Bank of New York opened in 1784 and is still operating today by... In 1887, I mean, Alexander's family had grown. He had three kids, Philip, Angelica, and Alexander, and an adopted daughter, Fanny. The the country had come to agree with him that they needed a different government to replace the Articles of Confederation. But would this new government be any better than the last? Alexander was determined. And he vowed he would try to, and he would make it better, make the government better than it was. Was, 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 Back then, in the back, usual days that we're talking about. Can you please stop the echo? All of history, history. History dropping like an apple to the ground. Thank Newton for gravity. Hamilton for the banks. Proud of his legacy. Running around weekly, starring on Broadway. Washington for his country. The father of his country. Near election day. Running away from 1789 to 2020. Running round, running round. Intro to outro. The art of history. Bam! Okay, so I'll see you later. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to The Art of History.